Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. Hey, I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor at Light Reading. And Sayan Deb, uh, Manager of Market Research at the Consumer Technology Association, Producers of CES. Sayan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for uh, making some time for us today. Hey, thanks, Phil. appreciate being here. Uh, nice to see the both of you here. Um, yeah, you guys are going to have a very, uh, we're recording this uh, just before the new year, and you guys are about to have a very busy uh, couple of weeks. So uh, uh, thanks for ma- making a little time for us uh, before before things get crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's not enough to have a week full of Christmas and family hangouts, but then you got to pack your bags for, uh, mm-hmm. for Las Vegas. Right, exactly. So yeah, he, um, so he's, uh, so Seans with the Consumer Technology Association, they produce and own uh, CES. CES is happening January 5th through the 8th, 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, it, uh, w- one thing we can promise is that the weather will be, uh, the weather will be nice. It's usually pretty good in, in January in Las Vegas. I, I uh, uh, most other months, I can't, I can't say that, yeah. but I think January- it snowed once. I was there yeah. in yeah, uh, CES, but uh, that, that was wow. just a, that was yeah that was a, a, a crazy moment yeah there in Las Vegas that, that one time. Yeah. I, I asked this question genuinely out of curiosity. Are you sure you were outside? Because that's the other I, yeah place, that's so, true. You know, I guess they, they some yeah, of these hotels I, I guess, they can do they can. I do might have been doing inside, some indoor. Right? They have skiing. rainforest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was actually yeah, I can uh, uh, definitely say I was outside. But you're right. You do have to clarify that. When you're in Las Vegas. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Seance here because um, you know one of the um, things that we've we've just started like looking at from uh, you know from the stuff that we cover on the service provider side is the metaverse and what's what's being described as the metaverse and it seems like you all have been uh, a little or a little more familiar with it or have a little bit better handle on how to define it um, how are you currently defining what the metaverse is or what it's going to be yeah that's, you know it's a, I think that's a great place to start Phil right um, so it really depends on the audience right so if for the general kind of consumer audience y- you can't get too far into the descriptions before I start to glaze over and they're like, oh, yeah, this sounds kind of futuristic. I, I don't know, you know, because the tech industry has, you know, we certainly have a habit of kind of talking up, you know, huge futuristic changes to our, you know, how we do things and the reality around us. But, you know, simply put, the metaverse is really, you know, uh, the easiest way to think of it is kind of a video, audio, you know, all combination, immersive, you know, next gen Internet. Right. So what does you know, all of that mean? Well, Instead of, you know, getting on Zoom or, you know, on Zencaster as we are right now recording a podcast, the three of us would be sitting around a virtual kind of table, if you will, you know, kind of a shared space. And then our avatars would be talking to each other. It would be our voices, you know, still, but uh, we would just look a little more, uh, you know, t- I hate to say it, but a little more cartoonish, right? A little bit, you know, kind of think emojis, think Snapchat filters meets a little bit of virtual reality and, you know, that you've kind of You've kind of, you know, you have a general idea of what that might look like. By saying cartoonish, you've opened me up to a dozen hair jokes I'm going to get uh, <laughs> from our, our, our kind and loving audience. So uh, I, I always appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, that's a, that, that's a, uh, I, I like the idea of it being, you know, as opposed to being just a, you know, an environment 
but being you're, you're describing it as kind of a next generation internet. So it sounds a lot more pervasive than just a single kind of entertainment portal you go and visit once in a while. It sounds like it's something that could kind of, um, I guess, influence or assert itself, uh, you know, and kind of be present in all kinds of applications, business, consumer, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think the word you're going to hear a lot when you think, hear the word, the you know, kind of the terminology metaverse is the word persistent, right? So mm -hmm. it persists whether you're in, you know, you're inside the metaverse or a metaverse, you know, that's another thing, right? So um, it, it's hard to know uh, what the metaverse is going to be versus each company or each kind of brand's version of their own metaverse, right? So the uh, conceptually, you know, it's it's one big metaverse where multiple companies are allowing you to kind of, you know, go in between their worlds and, you know, take digital things or assets, if you will, between those worlds. Um, so the interoperability is certainly a key uh, key feature here. But yeah, so the metaverse exists, whether you're interacting inside of it or you're, you know, back in the real real verse, real world, whatever you want to call it. Um, and other people uh, can interact with, you know, your sort of belongings and, you know, maybe you come into your metaverse home while you're not there and you get a notification on your watch. It's like, hey, someone's in, you know, you know in your virtual home or whatever, right? So um, it's it's essentially kind of a, a, a digital twin of, um, okay. of some of the stuff that we have here, some of the stuff that's going to be virtual. So um, as you can tell, we are all still defining it. It's very nascent. Um, you know, yeah, it, it yeah. does not exist. Um, I do want to make that clear for the for the listeners uh, listening in. Uh, well, one thing, well, well, one thing I think about is, uh, you know, with the metaverse is like, okay, you know, we used to talk, well, we still do, uh, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality. And it seems like all that is kind of attached into this other term, you know, or, or woven in somehow, you know, and, uh, it, it, hopefully that doesn't confuse people, but uh, it, ju it just feels like they're all kind of interconnected in some way, right? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, virtual reality and augmented reality don't necessarily mean metaverse, right? Mm -hmm. You'll be to use virtual reality, augmented reality, just the way we do now, um, you know, using uh, more real world environments or virtual environments. The metaverse simply extends uh, what we use VR and AR for, so virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, think of them as, you know, just the way the smartphone is a portal to the internet, right? It's one way of accessing the uh, metaverse, but um, ideally you'll be able to access the uh, metaverse through your phone, uh, AR, VR headsets, on a desktop browser. You know, it's just a, it's sort of the next evolution of how we engage with um, internet um, in general. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, and you've already answered this, but it's, I think it's also important to point out that, you know, and that as this evolves, that different companies are going to be involved, um, sometimes by themselves in sort of a self-interested way. Sometimes they'll be partnering with other companies and curating larger environments. Um, so it won't just be a one company control kind exactly. of Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it, you know, we're already, uh, you know, we can already look at some, the way certain companies have approached it, right? So there are hints and kind of, if you read the tea leaves, you know, there's, there's already kind of the, the, the foundations and building blocks being put in place, right? So mm -hmm. while, uh, like I said, you know, the metaverse isn't accessible for consumers to just jump in, but there are many metaverses, many verses, if you will, you know, that are sort of, uh, you know, people can get on. And in fact, um, it, you know, if you have teenagers at home, uh, they probably are in the metaverse, in a, in a metaverse already, right? So games like Minecraft, Fortnite, Roblox, you know, these have, attracted tremendous uh, numbers of uh, 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 consumers to engage with their platforms. Uh, many spend 
a lot of time on these platforms, right? So monthly yeah. active user statistics for some of these websites uh, or these games are, are mind blowing, right? Uh, really strong engagement. So in a way they're kind of showing us, they're kind of cluing us in into what the future uh, of the internet or what the metaverse might look like. Yeah, my, uh, my son, Owen, um, and his uh, ne'er-do-well, good-for-nothing friends, um, when uh, during the first lockdown in the, uh, you know, in 2020, one of the things they did for their uh, their departing friends who were leaving high school, he was a junior at the time in high school, is they built a, a replica of their high school in uh, Minecraft. Yeah. And did wow. like a little graduation stage. Yep. Did like a tour of the school, did little, you know, visual sight gags and things like that. Right. And then, you know, boy, this is where I sound old. And then they, then they offloaded <laughs> it somehow to where right. people could watch it on the YouTubes. Right. And, and when they did that, um, you know, it picked up uh, quite, it got a lot of attention because it was, it was so detailed and intricate and, and it was so, um, uh, in, insanely collaborative you know they really did live in this world together for a long time putting this right. thing together and you know putting the school putting the school back together as as best as they could remember it and i i think experiences like that actually make me quite bullish on it because it it was kind of this uh um really uh spur of the moment thing but suddenly it gets like you know 16 17 kids involved and <laughs> then then it becomes shared and then it gets this whole other audience you know off the platform and i was like well this that, that that's a it's, it seemed like a real you know again i don't know if that's a true metaverse but it definitely seemed like a positive uh kind of uh harbinger of things to come i guess yeah definitely i think you know the two things that you touched upon are really critical here right so um the younger uh, kind of consumer population like teenagers uh you know we um, try to kind of uh, categorize them as a digitally native population, right? For them, uh, the metaverse is, well, of course, you know, like, I don't want to go on websites anymore. I, I want to have a, an immersive experience where I can, you know, walk through the website, you know, whatever that may, you know, kind of take shape. Um, and the second part, you know, is really important is the collaborative part, right? So we've all seen over the last two years and even a little bit longer, the, the kind of the creator economy or, you know, um, kind of the content creation by um, really anybody and everybody. Um, I think those two things merging together is really kind of the, the probably the strongest tailwinds for the metaverse, right? Kids who are very comfortable uh, being online for several hours it, with their friends, building things together. Uh, you know, that pretty much is the recipe for how, um, I think the metaverse will play out. I think content creation by individuals um, is going to be, it, it, it'll be one of the big uh, driving forces behind the metaverse. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Exciting for uh, artists too, because they get to kind of, uh, you know, uh, express themselves in a completely different medium and maybe a more, you know, depends on how it turns out, I guess, but maybe even a more financially uh, uh, tolerant medium than, you know, having to do, large murals or giant citywide paintings or something like that. Yeah, totally. I, you know, um, I'll go back to the example of Fortnite again. Um, you know, there was a Travis Scott concert, um, I believe a year ago, year and a half ago, it's hard to do, it's hard to keep track of time anymore, but, um, it was in the past two years, let's just say. Sure. Um, yeah. and you know, that was, uh, I don't know if you've ca caught a, you know, video of it or, you know, attend the concert yourself, but I mean, 
I think that really showed us uh, what live events in the future, uh, you know, virtual events might look like. And that's really one of the kind of the segments or, you know, verticals, if you will, that's going to be one of the first kind of displays of what we, what we will, you know, what we should expect from the metaverse. That and I think e-commerce in general, or you can already see the news stories of Adidas and like Ferrari and whatnot, uh, creating their uh, showrooms and stores in the metaverse. I mean, I think plots of lands are already going for millions of dollars, which you know, it's just is, is, is hard <laughs> to like, imagine what that even really, like yeah, digital, it's hard to grok that, right? Like yeah, digital exactly. Land? Okay. Yeah, digital <laughs> land, right? So land that doesn't uh, exist, you know, they said uh, land, you know, they're not making any more of it. Well, uh, it turns uh, out they are making more of it. It's just virtual. It's not real land. <laughs> so it's like right? almost like an NFT, uh, like, uh, NFT, but for land, but for but real land. estate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, you brought up the artist and, you know, kind of the financial ramifications of that. I think uh, that's certainly one of the approaches to the metaverse that will, you know, uh, catch on is the kind of the crypto and blockchain approach, right? So, right. Uh, you know, um, we really seen kind of three types of approaches, right? So I mentioned kind of the gaming world, um, Fortnite, Roblox. So that's really kind of the software-based approach. Uh -huh. um, you know, another, you know, company really uh, well, uh, you know, establishing themselves in the space is um, Niantic, right? So Pokemon Go, uh, uh, they have another uh, game called Pikmin. Um, these are all about kind of connecting uh, the real and the digital together. Snap has been doing it for years, right? So the filters and then now, you know, letting people uh, put on their glasses that record and add more filters. So again, really baby steps, uh, you know, not nothing still full on metaverse, metaverse, but, you know, still again, baby steps towards what may come. And then, you know, we've seen the hardware kind of uh, forward approach, right? So here, obviously, you know, uh, companies that are well-established or trying to establish themselves in the VR, AR space. So uh, Facebook or Meta, Apple, Microsoft, Samsung, you know, your usual suspects, right? Magic Leap and companies like that. Um, and then lastly is that crypto blockchain approach I just mentioned. So uh, play to earn is certainly something that's, uh, you know, gaining a lot of traction. Um, a, a game called Axie Infinity, you know, is kind of a pioneer in this space. Uh, Sandbox, another example. Um, you know, they're really showing us how commerce and kind of uh, creation and ownership will work uh, in, in a future metaverse. So um, certainly NFTs are a big part of this, um, you know, whether it's NFT land, NFT, NFT shirts, NFT cars, even in the virtual world. So, you know, it, it's it's confusing. It's a little uh, it's a little out there. But, you know, I think, you know, uh, once it starts to uh, catch on and we start to see more and more examples, it'll start to make more sense, right? So in terms of uh, what all that entails. Uh, Jeff, do you have any uh, question? You look like you're about to say something. I want to make sure I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and so I think this is one of the things that you wanted to touch on too, and that is uh, kind of the role that the some of the companies that we cover pretty closely, the service providers, you know, their role in all of this. And it seems like uh, the foundation, for, you know, for any of this is kind of the network and, and you know, kind of what yep. uh, sort of capabilities are needed, you know, to distribute and, and make the uh, the metaverse accessible, right? So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of the elements that you think are going to kind of have to spur or kind of drive, you know, the development of the metaverse, uh, you know, from, you know, the... the Cable operators and telcos, they all get stuck on, you know, network capacity, speed, and low latency. You know, it seems like right. all those pieces need to be there, you know, to kind of uh, enable 
the metaverse. So, yeah, I don't know how closely you're kind of tracking that part of it, but uh, yeah, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on how that. Sure. Yeah, you know, one of the you know one of the bigger kind of uh, mega trends, if you will, that we've been following for uh, several years is obviously 5G, right? Um, 2022, you know, it, it really has is now kind of set up as that year where 5G goes mainstream in the U.S. Um, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, all launching kind of broader rollouts throughout the year. And again, you know, goes back to uh, low latency, um, you know, that really that, uh, that ramping up that high band and the low band uh, kind of millimeter wave throughout the year. Um, you know, it's going to really lever, it's going to allow OEMs to essentially make devices that can take advantage of that. You already have a lot of devices out in the, out in the wild, right? The new iPhone, um, several Samsung devices mm-hmm. that take advantage of the 5G uh, uh, connectivity. Uh, but you know, it, it, you you know, once the rollout is kind of complete, um, I think that's when the ability to use your AR VR headset outside of the house, right? That's really what's going to enable people to um, be a little bit more plugged in to the metaverse, if you will, a- enable it to be become a more natural thing. Um, if you had to plug in every single time you were outside of your home to access the internet, um, get Uber or like you know get delivery. People wouldn't do it. It's, it's, it's as yeah. simple as that. So, you know, w- I think wireless connectivity, high speed where, you know, there isn't any drag- degradation of performance. Um, you're able to sort of, uh, you know, do it both uh, in city environments as well as kind of remote environments. I think that, you know, has a, a large role in, conv- in creating a convincing enough metaverse, right? So it's not so uh, kind of abrupt or, you know, kind of uh, location specific. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That really, you know, got to it, but you know, it's really, it's really the uh, the combination of uh, wider 5G networks availability to uh, consumers, their appetite for paying for 5G, uh, you know, uh, kind of broadband connection, and then uh, the last piece is really again, um, uh, when will that tipping point for VR and AR uh, kind of come into play, right? So uh, while the phone will certainly let you look and kind of peek into the metaverse, uh, you're not really going to get the experience until you have. Um, you know, the actual kind of the hardware to let you connect to it. Yeah. That's a, the, I, I've, the way you describe it, I think it's, it's interesting because we've seen that kind of trend before in just chip and just old school voice communication, you know, first it was very location specific. There had to be a pay phone. If you were leaving the house, there had to be an office phone. If you were, you know, right. in, in some building, eventually cell phones took over and it became a lot more, you know, communication became more mobile and then it became even more pervasive. Now you've got all the phone and conferencing capabilities built into any app you want. And it doesn't necessarily have to be on a phone or a device or anything like that. And you, you still right. get to maintain your, you know, depending on the app, the, the credentials you have, the people you're connected to, that sort of thing. Um, it just sort of became a lot more pervasive, almost seemed like overnight, but it was actually a pretty slow evolution. So I could kind of see this going from, uh, you know, as 5G networks get a, uh, more spread out, more reliable and a lot lower latency. Right. Um, that could kind of open the floodgates for. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, seemingly overnight is, 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 I think, a great capture. Right. So in 10 years, you're gonna be like, oh, yeah, that it just it just seems like there wasn't one and there is one. Right. But yeah. um, all along, you know, there is these little blocks being put into place and it's kind of like that slow, you know, that uh, pot of slow boiling water. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of bubble up and all of a sudden, you know, we're not. Again, like I said, we're not talking through a 2D kind of, uh, you know, web page conference, but we're sitting in a virtual room and talking, right? So uh, it takes time, certainly, uh, you know, and you're not going to, 
And, you know, I think one thing is, you know, really important to keep in mind, um, just like, you know, uh, getting on apps and interacting through on-demand services or, you know, even, uh, you know, all the kind of the new use cases that are available in mobile devices, it's not for everybody, right? Uh, certainly some people are plugged in uh, way much longer than other people. Uh, similarly, the metaverse, um, it, it's not go going to be for every single consumer out there, right? So, the, right. you know, people will have different ways of interacting with each other with the internet itself and consuming some of those services. But um, I think given uh, all the infrastructure in place um, that's being put together, uh, you know, it, it should attract enough attention for that kind of that, uh, that hockey stick moment that we always look for in uh, different tech adoptions uh, for to hopefully happen in the next 10 years. But, you know, this is all, you know, again, <laughs> total yeah. uh, shot in the dark, right? Uh, but like I said, you know, uh, kind of these uh, bespoke and kind of purpose-built metaverses already exist. I think gaming, again, has shown us how that's possible, what that may look like. Um, you know, again, uh, one company that I didn't mention was uh, Unity Technologies, right? They, um, and then Unreal as well, uh, the gaming engine, like a, a lot of uh, movies like uh, and TV shows like The Mandalorian, you know, like were shot um, exclusively with, you know, many of the scenes simply inside these gaming engines. So, um, photorealistic is definitely not a uh, impossible challenge to accomplish. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, uh, more and more, uh, you know, while the avatars, like I said, may look a little cartoonish, um, and I think for just kind of a, for uh, for the sake of fun, but uh, I think, you know, Facebook has shown what codec avatars can look like, where, you know, three of us essentially look exactly like us and we're sitting in a room kind of talking. So yeah. Um, the very nature of, you know, and not to sound all matrixy, even though the new movie just came out, the very nature of reality, you know, um, is really, uh, I think will be questioned for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Now we've already kind of, we were, we were, um, going to cover kind of what, what gear would be needed, but I think you kind of answered that in terms of, of, it depends on the specific application, you know, obviously right. AR VR sets will be one type of mm -hmm. gear for one application. Obviously if you're gaming, that's going to be, you know, a whole different kind of console. Right. I mean, I think that's what's always interesting about CES anyway, is the the nature of the show is that you get to go and see things hands on and close up and, you know, kind of see see how the technology kind of fits into your life. Um, I do have one last thing though, is, that, is there anything, you know, since you are, um, you know, you know, at Light Reading, we're kind of, we're focused on the service provider cable business uh, community you talk to consumers through surveys and probably directly a lot more than we do. Uh, are there mm -hmm. any other insights, you know, that you've gained from them that uh, seem interesting or uh, novel as we're kind of moving into uh, 2022 in terms of how, uh, you know, how people are either consuming, viewing or approaching technology? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I think the the metaverse and you know topics like that certainly you know uh, are very kind of entertainment adjacent, right? And we we tend to talk about that a lot just because it's exciting and fun. Why not, right? It's very yeah. sci-fi, but kind of a more real-world application in terms of uh, you know driving uh, kind of productivity right now, right here. I, I think over the last two years, it, you know, uh, health has been sort of at that you know kind of that forefront for everybody, right? Trying to be sure. safe, trying to be healthy. Um, and even for those who haven't directly been affected by COVID, um, certainly, I think, cooped up inside our houses, I think mental health, you know, has uh, has been at the forefront for all of us. So I think yeah. health, uh, telemedicine, uh, if you want to call it telemedicine, health tech, digital health, you know, there's all kinds of buzzwords. Um, I think these, uh, you know, this 
nexus of kind of topics uh, from, especially from a recent uh, CTA uh, research uh, product out. You know, people are very, uh, very keen on learning about new uh, digital health tools, uh, new health tech. Um, uh, it seems to, it seems like the wearables and kind of the connected exercise equipment space is really, you know, coming into the uh, kind of the, you know, the forefront of consumer attention span. Um, and more importantly, uh, people are very receptive towards using these types of products uh, in, in the future. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it really provides, you know, two kind of big benefits, right? Uh, certainly there are, you know, several benefits. The two things that really jump up to us is uh, with everything, with all kinds of other technologies, it's really about gaining control of our your own kind of uh, uh, habits, preferences and whatnot. And digital health tools are really allowing people to kind of quantify um, how healthy are they? Right. So, yeah. um, and I think that's where I think, you know, to kind of go back to the service provider aspect, uh, service providers and the partnerships that they create will, uh, kind of healthcare companies in terms of data sharing, um, and kind of the security of the data that's being shared, you know, it is a, it's kind of a huge, uh, concern for, uh, patients and providers, but at the same time, uh, you know, they support, uh, the increased access to health information. So I think, mm-hmm. um, secure pipelines of data, um, uh, better data sharing across uh, different kind of entities um, certainly will uh, pave the way for uh, greater comfort among consumers. Um, and, you know, they, they're they not necessarily reticent to share these types of information with uh, clinical, cl- clinicians or even healthcare companies. It's really kind of an assurance of security, right? So yeah. I think uh, while the metaverse stuff is certainly uh, very exciting and, you know, kind of uh, uh, you know, jazzy out of the front, but um, some of the more kind of real world applications and, you know, we'll see this on the CES show floor as well, um, you know, um, kind of smart health kind of uh, type devices and, and wearable type uh, equipment are really, you know, kind of taking off um, because I think the uncertainty of having the past two years of being unable to go in person uh, if you needed to, you know, we, we, you know, it's always been there, like the products have been getting refined uh, over the past, you know, several years, but uh, you know, we're almost seeing the digital health products finally finding, uh, you know, that product market fit, right? So right. Uh, the product was always there. The market was, you know, hard to understand. Well, uh, the market is very much there with everyone stuck at home uh, for the yeah. most part, right? So um, I think, uh, you know, I've used them myself um, and, uh, you know, for even I've, I've heard even people use it for like dental checkups uh, through, virt- you know, through your camera. I'm not really sure how that works, but uh, even like vet services. Right. So which, you know, even even trickier than, uh, you know, dentistry. But uh, it's really, you know, it's really pervasive across the, the no. health field, which is really interesting to see. Uh, you've distracted me. I'm trying to picture me trying to get one of my cats to sit still in front of a camera. Yeah, right. Enough to, you know, be quite quite entertaining <laughs> yeah no kidding um no it's good though it, the, the the health uh yeah telemedicine or the whole the whole health category has has uh i has taken off and i think people have starting to use it enough that they have these companies finally have uh mm-hmm. not only a user base that's you know giving them feedback and talking to yep. them and they're able to you know kind of like zoom did when the pandemic first started you know it can you know, iterate the product and change it quickly enough to fit the needs of more people as it goes. It just has to hear from those people first. And I think that um, we're seeing, we're seeing that definitely with some of these telemedicine apps. Uh, Jeff, anything else you want to add? We're, we're, we're about at uh, running out of time. We should probably wrap up and let uh, Sayon get on with uh, the preparing for CES. All right. Uh, I look forward to, yeah, the week and, and uh, you know, what, what we can learn from the event should be fun. Yeah, indeed. Um, okay. Uh, so for, uh, 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 
for those of you listening, uh, so CES will be in Las Vegas this year. It's January 5th or next year. It's January 5th through the 8th, 2022. Um, and uh, there'll be an in-person event. They're keeping everybody as safe as, as humanly possible. If you're going, please do, uh, you know, mind your distance and be as safe as you possibly can as well. Uh, if you're not going, ces.tech is the place to find uh, all of the uh, events virtual programming. And uh, uh, on behalf of uh, Jeff Baumgartner, I uh, want to thank uh, Seon Deb for, uh, uh, for uh, giving us a bit of his time today from the uh, Consumer Technology Association. Thanks again. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. All right. On behalf of Seon and Jeff Baumgartner, this is Phil Harvey saying goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.